The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Georgia gets the top-ranked recruiting class again. They strengthened their class. They got five-star corner Ellis Robinson, the fourth out of IMG. They also got... K.J. Bolden, another five-star who had committed to Florida State. They got him to flip. He's a top-ranked safety and number 16 overall prospect in the class. He's going to rock and roll in Athens. They also got Justin Williams, one of the nation's top linebackers out of Texas. Alabama came in at number two. They got a great quarterback, five-star Julian Sayan out of California. They also got a great corner in Jalen Mbakwe, who was highly ranked. So Saban's still rocking it for the tie down in Tuscaloosa with the number two class. Oregon came in at number three. How about Lanning, the job he's doing in Eugene? Of course, everybody knows they already got uh, Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma in the transfer portal. They also got a quarterback coming in in this class, Luke Moga, who's a speedster. He ran a sub-11 seconds in the 100 meters. He can fly. They got a receiver in Ryan Pelham, a number 16th ranked receiver that flipped from USC last week. Ryan Day and the Buckeyes came in at number four. Their top offensive commit was wide receiver Jeremiah Smith, who was ranked seventh. And on D, corner Bryce West, who was ranked 32nd. The Buckeyes just keep landing these great wide receivers year after year. They also recruited a quarterback, Air Noland, with the quick release and big arm. And he's mobile. Texas came in fifth. How about Miami? The Canes were number six. Oklahoma, seven. Auburn was eighth. That's surprising to me. Florida State, nine. And Penn State, number 10. By the way, Notre Dame was number 11. How about LSU at 14? That's kind of disappointing, isn't it, for Brian Kelly? Michigan was 16th. Matt Rule has Nebraska checking in at number 20. Seriously, after that, does it even matter what you're ranked? I mean, if you're not in the top 20, 
nobody cares about you. And that's just all there is to it. I'll tell you, I don't know how he does it, but Jim Harbaugh has got nothing but headaches again in Ann Arbor. Michigan's got another notice of allegations from the NCAA regarding violations by the football program during the COVID-19 dead period. So they're in trouble again. Harbaugh faces a level one violation for allegedly not cooperating with or misleading NCAA investigators about the alleged violation. And Michigan also faces four more level two violations, which are less serious, of course. Michigan in August self-imposed a three-game ban for Harbaugh to begin the season. And then he got a one-game suspension for their offensive coordinator as part of a negotiation for his involvement. And then at the end of the year, he missed three more games. And it's really about uh, these uh, infractions related to impermissible on-and-off campus recruiting during the dead period and... Coaching activities, not a cheeseburger, according to the vice president of the NCAA of hearing operations, referring to the simplistic characterization of the violations in some media reports. It's not uncommon for the committee on infractions to seek clarification on key facts prior to accepting. The COI may also reject and negotiated resolution if it determines that the agreement is not in the best interest of the association or the penalties are not reasonable. If the involved parties cannot resolve a case through the resolution process, it may proceed to a hearing, but the committee believes cooperation is the best avenue to quickly resolve issues. Remember, you had the sign-stealing case that led to three more games for Harbaugh at the end of the season, but he returned to the sideline December 2nd for the Big Ten title game against Iowa. And he's going to coach them January 1 when they take on Saban and Alabama in the semifinal at the Rose Bowl game in Pasadena. Now, Michigan has 90 days to respond to the notice of allegations, and then the NCAA will have 60 days to issue a rebuttal. How about North Carolina's Mac Brown going at it with Dave Doran of NC State about a postgame speech? Brown called Doran's classless speech following a postgame celebration last month in which Doran used bad language to describe the Tar Heels. He said basically it's been 1,460 days since those pieces of Shaq beat us. And Brown brought it up at his National Signing Day presser. He said, quote, I've never heard something like that before. I'm disappointed. I thought it was classless. It's not true. We didn't play well in the game. We didn't coach well in the game. It's been very well documented, and I got that. But you don't call kids a piece of shack, and I've addressed it with our team. I apologize to them. These kids are one of the top academic groups in America. They've got an award for AFCA's top 13. They won a coastal division. They won a bunch of games. They've been to an orange bowl. They've been to five straight bowls. They represent us. And from me speaking for them and their parents, they really didn't appreciate being called pieces of shack. Doran said he apologized to Brown. Uh, Obviously, I knew uh, 
Nothing about a camera being on there. My language would not have been what it was. Does it make it any better? No, I did call Coach Brown and apologize because I could have used a lot of different words. They caught me in a heat of a moment situation in the locker room celebrating a huge win, and I was fired up and how he played. I have respect for Coach Brown, so the last thing I wanted for him to feel that, and again, it's not an excuse, but it shouldn't have been on TV I could have said that in a more professional way, and I regret not doing that. What I don't regret is having passion with my players and celebrating a big win. I'm going to continue to do that. Hopefully down the road, we'll get the courtesy that we deserve when we're going to be on TV in those moments. The Ravens are livid that they're underdogs for just the second time this season. It's not sitting well with them. Their safety, Kyle Hamilton, said going into the game against the Niners on Monday night, we feel disrespected by that. I feel like we're the best team in the league and we have an opportunity in front of the country to show it. The Ravens, who are 11-3, are five-and-a-half-point dogs against the 11-3 Niners. It'd be the second-largest underdog role of Lamar Jackson's six-year career. Jackson and the Ravens were seven-point dogs at the Chiefs in 2018. The Ravens lost that game by three in overtime. It was Jackson's fourth career NFL start. Lamar said, I don't want them to pick us. I like being a dog. I believe we play better when we're doubted and when people aren't choosing us to win the game. I feel like we play better all the time. So just do it all the way to February. That's all I ask. Jackson has been favored in 62 of 75 regular season starts. That's over 82%. He's 9-4, 69% outright as a dog. Ravens corner Marlon Humphrey said, It hurt my feelings. I was surprised to see it, but I definitely want to make that incorrect for sure, and hopefully some people lose some money betting with them and make some money betting with us. The only time the Ravens weren't favored this year was week two at Cincinnati. The Ravens upset the Bengals by three. Roquan Smith said, I'm betting on us 10 out of 10 times. I don't care too much about others' opinions. By the way, dogs have won the past seven games on Monday Night Football. The longest streak of dogs winning outright in Monday Night history. The Ravens have a one-game lead over the Dolphins for the number one seed in the AFC. Baltimore can clinch its first North title in four years with a win at the Niners and a loss or tie by the Browns who play at the Texans. Just so we're clear, we got the Thursday nighter tonight, Saints-Rams in la-la-la-la-la-la-la-lipstick city at so high. Rams favored by four. 46 and a half is the number. Stafford's thrown 21 touchdowns and over 3,300 yards. Now, Saturday, we got a double dip. Bengals and Steelers in Pittsburgh. Cincinnati favored by two. 36 and a half is the number. And then at 8 o'clock, that game's at 4.30 on NBC. 8 o'clock on Peacock. Bills, Chargers... In Inglewood, Buffalo laying 12, 43 and a half is the number. 
Josh Allen, 3,500 plus yards and 26 TDs, but has 14 picks. Now, there's a bunch of games Sunday, obviously, but I wanted to remind you, Monday is Christmas Day. I'm live 12 to 4 with Coach Young on Sports Grid TV and Sirius 159. It's going to be awesome. There's a triple header. Raiders, Chiefs at Arrowhead, Kansas City laying 10. Giants, Eagles in Philly, Eagles laying 12. And Ravens, Niners in San Fran. San Fran laying five and a half. I can't wait for all of that. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 